rescue op, save the dinosaurs from an island that's about to explode. What could go wrong? Welcome to the Fallen Kingdom Minute, where we return to Jurassic World one minute at a time. I'm Brad. And I'm Dave. And in this episode, we're discussing Minute 5 of Fallen Kingdom. But before we get up to that, David, heading over to Jurassic-Pedia.com. Dominion's just around the corner. Um, a lot of articles going up currently for some of the new dinosaur designs, or dinosaurs we've seen uh, in the trailer. Today we're going to talk a little bit about the Ferrazinosaurus. Um a uh, species of dinosaur I did not know existed. Bit of a write-up here on its um, its background. Um, again, another one of these uh, sort of late Cretaceous, um, 70 million year old dinosaurs uh, like we get for a lot of the animals in the film. It's called Jurassic Park, but <laughs> a lot of them seem to be Cretaceous and not Jurassic, but we'll, <laughs> um, we'll leave that aside. So, Ferrazinosaurus, uh, if you haven't seen it in the trail, that is the one with the Wolverine claws, the... Uh, the happy herbivore that just wants to kill you by the looks of it. So I'm, I'm really excited <laughs> to see it, see it on screen and see what uh, that animal's all about. And funny enough, my first introduction to this species was in a dinosaur kids book, where there was some depictions of it uh, defending itself against some. I think they're Tarbosaurus, and it's got these big, like you said, the big claws, and they got them raised up like. Don't mess with me, man. Don't mess with me. I'll cut <laughs> you up. <laughs> and so it's really cool because I'm glad to finally see this one in a Jurassic Park movie. This is one I've wanted to see in a Jurassic Park movie for a long time just because it's a herbivore that looks like a carnivore and will cut you up. It's, um, we've already seen from the trailer it, uh, it in the, in the forest going after Claire in the swamp, so... I hope we get a good bit of suspense from it. I hope, even though it's a herbivore, it's got those claws. I hope there's some uh, some near mortal danger for our human characters uh, mm-hmm. in the film. We've we've said for a long a long time we want to see herbivore. Even though herbivores are herbivores, herbivores can be dangerous too. Um, okay, so we're going to use one with the big claws to make it look even more dangerous, but. Um, a triceratops. We've seen the we've seen the trikes. We've seen the stegosaurs be pretty dangerous as well if they're mm. uh, on board arm- armaments as well. So um, even the um, ankylosaurus, I loved when Bumpy went up against the uh, Toro. Mm. I guess you, and um, you just saw her just slamming her club tail against the ground in an aggressive display. I thought that was really cool. That was something I've always wanted to see an ankylosaurus do. In a Jurassic Park movie, I could just imagine the the reverb there, where it's where it's slapping the ground, and you can just hear that thump with the cloud of dust spinning, uh, spewing up behind it. It's got that's got to sound and feel really cool. That's, a, that's and a, something with Therizinosaurus I've always wanted to see was it just kind of like slashing at the ground, trying to get at somebody who pissed it off. <laughs> it's it's a shame we didn't get more of a fight between the. Uh... Between the Yankees and the, the Indo-Rex, uh, Indo mm-hmm. in, yeah, Indominus Rex in Jurassic World, it was very one-sided and very fast. But um, yeah, just just going off scale, uh, those those claws on its hand are three feet long, <laughs> about three feet long. So 
we've seen the trail clears about three inches under the water. Uh, she wanted to dive a bit deeper. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, good little write up here on uh, Dominion as we get uh, on Dominion on the uh, Ferrisonosaurus as we get to the film and uh, get to see it on screen. I'm sure there'll be uh, some additions to that um, to that article, including uh, photos and that that we get to see of it on uh, on screen. High def photos of some of these animals would be great. Looking at you, Mattel and Universal. <laughs> Marine One, I need to close the gate to confirm position. Can you hear me? Are you out? Marine One. Guys, what is that? Marine One, I'm closing the gate. Alright, Dave, how about we get into minute five? Alright. Minute five, Fallen Kingdom opens with Marine One heading out and ends with the local uh, with a local not happy about trespassers. Uh, as we open on minute five, the mini sub begins moving backwards away from the Indominus skeleton, and I just love this setting here. Uh, we get the silt in the water whipping around the bones, and there's some small fish swimming um, in amongst the tall weeds as well around the uh, around the skeleton, sort of the little calm before the chaos <laughs> that we're going to see above. And sort of again, we can see that the smaller fish here too, so. Although the Mosasaur isn't going to be eating these little fish, something bigger got to be eating these little fish, and then the Mosasaur is going to be eating those bigger fish. So, um. I wonder if the fish are something that was stocked in the pond originally, like artificially stocked, or if they'd come in with the pumps that pump in the seawater into this lagoon. Well, we talked back when we come through the main gates for the lagoon that... Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'll call it climate control, but sort of... Um, keeping the environment, whether the environment is contained or if it's just sort of a treated seawater that's coming in. Mm-hmm. If that was the case, why why wouldn't why would the gates just be thick, solid gates, not sort of grill grates? Maybe just strength-wise so the, the Mosasaur couldn't see out and go, I want to be out there. Yeah, I imagine so. But it's also implied that they pump seawater into the... Um into the lagoon mm. to keep it circulated so that it doesn't start getting, like, algified, and so the water is kind of semi-clear. So I wonder if these, like, because they're small fish. They're not, they're not like they're big groupers or anything. They're just, like, small little tropical fish, so I wonder if they come in with the pumped water. There are plenty of examples of um, small fish going through damn turbines and that <laughs> and um, surviving, so I'm sure uh, pumping stations and that... Um... Mm-hmm. As I said, I'm sure there's some sort of fish stocking um, for food purposes or whatever, what have you, but, um, yeah. Sure, there's little fish. To be fair, I actually got the idea from Jaws 3 where the mother shark tries to come in through the uh, seawater pumps and ends (laughs) up burning out the pump (laughs) and her way through. Well, that was the same film I was thinking of too, referencing Seagates instead of... (laughs) (laughs) Oh... That's a hoot. Um, uh, as they continue to back away, they turn off their searchlights, and we can see a large dark shape right behind them. And mm-hmm. the infuriating thing here is we can still hear the pinging from the sonar. <laughs> 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 Which, oh, don't know exactly what's behind them. But again, good little bit of suspense here. We've seen the, the large dark mass above them, uh, checking them out from above when the, the sample went up. And here it's just behind them, and... As the remaining lights for the sub begin to uh, light up the dark mass, we see a massive pair of jaws appear out of darkness. 
I gotta say, they've done an excellent job at replicating some of my worst nightmares. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> Just being out in that dark blue blackness. And all of a sudden, just a wide mouth comes in and swallows you whole. Mm. I can understand turning the lights off, because we're going to cut here to the surface where you can clearly see the lights below the water surface. Maybe just, again, so you can't see that the sub's in there, you know, satellites, the UN flying over, the Coast Guard or what have you. But um, mm-hmm. turning those lights off and um, surrendering to the milky, the eerie darkness of the lagoon, that's... Yeah, it's not it's it's not something I want to be <laughs> taking part in. No. But uh, as I said, we cut to the surface, and uh, the rain is continuing to pour down over the lagoon, and we can see the skeletal remains of the Monorail Street, uh, Monorail track here, and uh, Main Street being seen off in the semi moonlight in the distance, uh, and in the lagoon we can see the sublights suddenly disappear. So we can uh, put two and two together as to what happened there, because back at the generator, the text tablet beeps and. We get the big signal lost across the screen. He tries to write down, but there's no contact. And uh, hearing this, the pilot, chopper pilot also tries to contact the sub without any reply. I know it's been... I've put out uh, to ask for feedback for these first opening minutes, and I know there's been some people commenting. The minute the uh, Mosasaur eating the mini-sub, I didn't really think it during the film, but um, it's not really going to digest well. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd reckon it would have bit down on it, chewed on it a little bit and spat it out uh, and not swallowed it whole, but... Um, yeah. I mean, who's no, who even knows if the entire thing fit in the... in Moserapter... Moserapter, oh my God. <laughs> there's, a, there's a hybrid in now. Mosasaurus's mouth. Mm. It could have just kind of chomped down on it and the, and the lights just went out and that's what happened it didn't even need to even fit it in its mouth though the mouth did look pretty big yeah looking at the the sub itself all the lights were on the exterior on little arms and that on the outside of it so they could have been broken off fans have stated that size of the mosasaur's jaws where in jurassic world it only just fit zia or Zara and one of trinodons in its mouth with the wings hanging out yet uh, this two-man sub it's engulfing hole Again, it's just perspective of the, it coming up behind the sub. It looks like it can eat it whole, but it probably couldn't. And we don't sort of get a rush of bubbles or any sort of debris float to the surface when we see the lights go out either, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's sort of... I know it's been stated that the mission's happening now, not to try and evade the audiences, uh, the authorities watching the island, but has ever anything ever gone right in conditions like this? <laughs> we see... <laughs> Every film has some sort of operation in a storm on that, and it all goes pear-shaped. We know later they don't get the tracking system online until Claire gets there, but even a simple flyover during the day, you'd see the motorsaw in the lagoon, even though um, looking at the the, the, out, the plant life in, that, in the bottom of the lagoon and how murky it is, maybe the filtration system's not working anymore and it's not that beautiful light blue that we see in Jurassic World, but yeah, surely a... Um, a fly over the island via helicopter or something, you'd see the uh, the Rex nest in a in a stadium that we see in Camp Cretaceous, and you would see mm-hmm. that big dark shape of the mosasaur in there as well, and you'd know that okay, well maybe these animals are still here. We need to plan this a little bit better <laughs> than what we get. 
And I know you, I know people have been saying too that it's while the motorcycle has probably grown a bit since it was in Dominion, we do, in Jurassic World we don't know how old it was, um, whether it was full size or it still had room to grow. But as we know from Colin anyway, and so in Camp Cretaceous, this is only six months, so I don't know how how fast or how much bigger it would grow in six months. Um, yeah. With with a limited food supply like it much once had. The other problem is that ILM in general tends to have an issue with the um, keeping sizing and scale consistent with these animals, and that's going all the way back to the first movie. So Mm. it'll be one size, one shot, and another size, another shot. And so, I mean, that's just how it is. Yeah, yep. I suppose last, before we leave the motorcycle here for a couple of minutes, um, we got uh, in the trailer for Fallen Kingdom. We got um, the trailer footage of that eye peering into the sub sub window, which we don't get in the final film. It would have been a good little callback to the uh, Trinosaur breakout, where it looks through the the window at Lex and Tim in there. But I think um, having the the mini sub V Mosasaur chase here probably would have stretched the scene out too far. We just it came up behind it, took it out. Um, as far as we know, the guys in the sub didn't even know what happened. <laughs> just oh, we're in trouble. Um, obviously, because there's no radio chatter, there's no screaming, there's no yelling, um, there's no help us, save us, anything like that coming over the radio. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get uh, more of that eye in the uh, June novelization, which I now have. Anyway, back to the minute. As the chopper pilot continues to radio, Marine One, we hear the, the sort of the Jaws <laughs> rip-off theme begin to play as the uh, co-pilot looks through the rain-covered windshield and asks, what is that? And we can... Um, also hear those heavy footfalls, knowing that something big's moving in the uh, trees outside. And we get a view out of the chopper windscreen as the trees begin to sway, and uh, something very big is moving towards the tech at the generator. Also, the chopper only just landed before, but now it sounds like its engines are off, because the pilots can clearly hear the trestle moving <laughs> in the trees, because we need that suspense, and um, we know we know what's coming. The tech tells Marine One that uh, he has to close the gates and uh, we cut back to the lagoon gates as the siren sounds and they begin to close very slowly because on the tablet uh, we see the status showing that the gates are uh, already at 18% closed. Just an 80s... I don't know why... Because we know when Larry opens Paddock 9, he pushes a button and they open, there's no 5% open. We see that with Claire when she's standing in front of it that it's slowly opening, but we don't get a percentage of how how far open the gates are and i know it's so we can have the gates left open at the end of the, end of the scene because they don't fully close but surely you push that button to close the gates and they're going to close whether there's comms signal or not to the uh the gates themselves it's just sort of adding a little bit of suspense to the scene what we don't really add because mm-hmm. going ahead to the junior novelization that we'll get to in a minute there is no tablet at all he just gets up and runs away from the from the command controls for the gates and they're just left open there's no none of that suspense in the novel so but uh yeah the tech is frankly trying to connect to marine one meanwhile we can hear the, the shouting of the other troops in the helicopter um the tech slowly slow turns and yells back that he can't reach them um why are they yelling at him uh the radio's worked a minute ago now all of a sudden there's no comms whatsoever so i'm not quite sure why the pilot can't simply say get out of there there's something coming it's it's weird that we just all of a sudden could lose complete radio signals between the the chopper and the tech again technology can be kind of fickle well he is in the water too so they want to be <laughs> drenching rain 
Mm-hmm. But um, as it ends, we get a flash of lightning to reveal the Tyrannosaurus Rex moving through the trees behind the tech. We don't get her roaring until the next minute, but uh, Rex is here. Um, these people are trespassing in her dominion and she's uh, or her kingdom, and she's about to try and chase them off. Mm-hmm. Anything else on that before we dive into the novel? Yeah, I think we're good. All right. As I said earlier, the uh, I had the novels coming in the mail. Both of them have arrived, so we might do a giveaway for one of them because I don't need two. <laughs> I went online trying to find a shooting script or something for Fallen Kingdom because I'm pretty sure there was concept art, and I was meant to pam you, Dave, and ask, because in the novel uh, we open up just off the coast of Isla Nublar, a small submarine cut through the dark ocean way, waters heading towards an abandoned Jurassic World lagoon. The dinosaur theme park had been closed now for years, um, and it was in a sad state of repair. I'm certain I've seen concept art of a ship or something off offshore, which this sub had come from. Not the sub, but there was concept art of a ship offshore. I think that was the Arcadia, though. Oh, okay. Okay. Because it sort of counters what we discussed with uh, the gates, whether they're at the river system or at the mouth of a, a larger lagoon going out to the to the ocean. But we won't we won't dredge that back up again. Talked about that. Uh, second difference: um, we get we're inside a guard station at the surface uh, next to the lagoon. A technician works the controls that open the lagoon's algae-covered gates uh, as he spikes into the, uh, speaks into the mic. Where are you, Marine One? So in the novel, we are actually at a um, guard station next to the gates and not on Main Street, which I thought would have made more sense. But um, also, also stating that the park's been closed for years, so. And we'll have another little inconsistency there with uh, our time timings post Jurassic World. Uh, it said the sub crew um, set the bone up after they cut the sample off. It goes up to the surface in a sealed glass tube, which I'm not quite sure how you do that underwater without being watertight, unless the water went with it in the uh, in the glass. But we get to see that in the helicopter in a couple of minutes' time. The specimen's collecting using a claw at the end of a long cable under the helicopter. We don't see that in the film. We just see him hover, saying it's been collected. And uh, the sub-crew radio that they're heading out, but stand by as a massive silhouette appears in the water ahead of them. They look out through the sub's glass window, and suddenly a gigantic eye looks in at them. So well, that's where we get the um, the Mosasaur looking through the window at them that we've seen in that original trailer. It looks at them, and then um, we don't hear from them again. Uh, it's the helicopter that's tracking Marine 1, and we get the signal lost on their screens, not the technicians, which... Makes sense if they're tracking Marine One and tracking the sample. That's all being done from the helicopter, not from the tech at the generator. He's just there, controlling the gate. But that's us caught up with the junior, the junior novelisation, so we can look at it further if it uh, adds anything new to uh, what we get on on screen. But Dave, that's been minute five. Anything else to add before we get heavy for the day? I don't think we're good. All right, lovely. <laughs> 